Spike, we're live. Hopefully. Restream's been alright so far. Uh, the video quality was noticeably less than Facebook. So, uh, we'll see. But I like it because I can go live on more than one platform. Which is nice. So, I'm Robert. This is Blue Collar Bible Scholar. And we're talking about church history today. I'm going to plug some of my stuff and do the ads up front because I always forget on the back end and we'll get all the boring stuff out of the way. Um, I have a website, bluecollarbiblescholar.com slash book will take you to see my book, Blue Collar Blind Spot. I think mainstream evangelical media is missing the large amount of blue collar workers in America. That it's, it's mostly in their language choices, the choices of the common church schedule. The kinds of people that are writing books are just, they're office people. To put it bluntly. And so, the issue is only going to get worse or stay as bad as it is. And uh, I put forward a bunch of stuff. If you're not a pastor, you might have a pastor who you think could use this information. Also, if you're just a worker... There's a lot of edifying stuff in the book because I cover the theology of work and its place in a, in a biblical worldview. Work is awesome. Working with your hands is awesomer. And uh, Jesus was blue-collar. So you go and read the book more. It's less than 100 pages. It's awesome. Also, on the webpage, I got basically the same videos that I repost there. Uh, I have my podcast. I'm on all podcast platforms also. If you're listening on podcast, thank you. Also, there's a good chance if you're listening on podcast, you're probably one of the many people that listen in Nigeria, Ghana, or Uganda for some reason, which is awesome. Audio Mac is an interesting platform, you guys. You should check it out if you're a content creator. Um, anyway, thank you. I to Africa, I guess. And um, other thing. Oh, also on my website, I have other things in the store there where you can purchase uh, the man cards, which is a year-long Bible study centered on biblical masculinity and manhood. It's uh, it's a 52-lesson lesson, uh, deck of cards. So there's one lesson for each week in the year. I managed to also make it a functional deck of playing cards, which is kind of neat. It's, it's, it's a fun gimmick. Uh, but it, it makes it so literally anybody can lead a Bible study. It's just like a simple, read this Bible passage, what do you guys think, and there's a handful of questions. And it's all packed onto a playing card. So the prep for the class is less than five minutes of read the passage, think through the questions, bookmark the Bible verse with the card, and then maybe you put out more folding chairs or whatever. You can now lead a 30-minute to an hour Bible study, depending on how much you guys like to talk. Throw in a pizza, and it's a good deal. Anybody can lead it. Check that out. Um, and I think that's basically it. I've got a couple different fun colors. They're called man cards. They make fun, like, stocking stuff and stuff. Uh, you can use it as a personal devotion or, uh, like, use it as, like, a Bible study with your sons over breakfast or whatever. Have fun with it. So, yeah, my book, Man Cards, that's it. I got stuff on the website. I'm on almost every platform. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, the places. I don't post a lot on Instagram just because I don't understand it. I'm old for a millennial, so I don't have a lot going on. Um, 
I think that's it. I play around on Twitter. I have a profile, but I don't use it much. So when I'm over there, you can say hi. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So, church history stuff. I think that it is important for the average Christian to have a deeper understanding of church history than they currently do. Even if they already know a fair amount, you can always learn more and should be seeking to learn more. Uh, and this has several practical benefits. The, uh, the first being it protects you. Just in general, Satan doesn't have that many tricks. There's about three or four, and everything else is branding or repackaging of the same three or four lies and tricks. If you understand first century Gnosticism, you can understand basically every single cult that exists in the world today. Um, you can dissect the bad theology present in like every single Disney movie or high fantasy stuff. Um, Tolkien and C.S. Lewis tend to be kind of exempt from this because they don't make the same mistakes uh, because they aren't Gnostics. Uh, you can. If you're looking for it, you could find a way to argue their Gnostics from their works, but that requires you to ignore everything they ever said or did outside of the book you're looking at. Um, but as far as other high fantasy genres like Wheel of Time, and uh, I don't, I don't look at a lot of other stuff. Any swords and sorcery kind of thing, any science fiction that involves a metaphysical aspect, it's going to be just classic old school Gnosticism. You might want to know what that word means. And just like a few of the ballpark dates around it. That's all. Uh, when I was in Bible college, our church history, generally speaking, didn't go beyond the Protestant Reformation and didn't go into much detail. So knowing history already can prepare you from, it can defend you from having your faith shaken. Uh, for instance, I'm not personally a Calvinist. I don't believe Calvinist ideology is biblically accurate. There are some good arguments that can be made for it. And there are very intelligent men who know a lot about the Bible who agree with the Calvinist worldview. Say la vie. If you were really wrapped up in being a Calvinist and it was very important to you, you should also know that John Calvin was essentially, uh, had essentially set him up, himself up, as a theological dictator of Geneva and burn people at the stake for disagreeing with his particular view of the Bible. That's something you should know about. Um, that's the deal. Uh, if you're a Lutheran, then you should know more about Martin Luther's history than is generally taught. It might shake your faith to hear he was fled to the Catholic Church because he was an accused murderer. And uh, that's that might shake your faith. Also, if you had read enough history, you'd come across that's an extant accusation level much later and takes a few random di uh, diary entries out of context and reads into that context a little bit. Something to know. Something to know. But that's an accusation. Uh, if it's really important to you that Catholics are wrong about transubstantiation, and the real presence in the Eucharist, or you know, the fact that there the 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 theological teaching that Christ's body is the uh, 
the bread of communion that you partake. If that's, you know, silly to you, and it's just a symbol, you should know that Martin Luther would call you a heretic. Because that's what he did to Zwingli when Zwingli started promoting that theology. And modern evangelicals theology, speaking from history, is a composite, largely, of different prominent historical figures that are all kind of smashed together in what has become whatever denomination you're a part of. And it's just important to know those things. It's important to know what you believe, and not just because your pastor told you, but because you have researched and understand it for yourself. No, you don't need to write a doctoral thesis, but know some of the big names, some of the big dates, and some of the big ideas. That's all. And you can, I, I hate relying on Wikipedia, but there's some really collegiate level articles on Wikipedia about some things. If you can stomach the obvious atheistic worldview that it's written from, it's, it's not too bad. It's a good starting point, and they'll direct you to other things. I would say always, always, always look at primary sources. <clears throat> so when you find an interesting person or idea in your general studies, look up what they actually wrote, what they actually said, what they actually did, where they actually were. Um, you find, oh, hey, this guy Augustine's kind of neat. Do you know just about everything he ever wrote is in a free audiobook on YouTube somewhere? And you can just listen to it while you drive or whatever? Maybe do that instead of reading a book on Augustine, because then you just get what that author thinks that you should know about Augustine and not what Augustine actually thought or wrote or said. <laughs> So, uh, there are a lot of heresies, a lot of uh, theological positions, and a lot of people that it would be important to know more information about. Uh, especially if your denomination is particularly attached to a big idea or theological teaching or person. And uh, that's it. The A lot of people might be taught the specific history of their denomination. Uh, which is important just to know, oh, this is where it came from. This is when this guy started teaching this. Oh, a Wesleyan. Okay. This is who John Wesley was and what he did and where he went and some stuff. Cool. But, uh, yeah, you should just be aware of the history and where you're at. So then if some, you know, guy who's trying to work talking points to shake your faith, is messing with you, you'll be able to know immediately. Oh, well, yeah, I've heard that before. Or yeah, we all we all know. I'm not tied to the man. This particular way of viewing the Bible, I believe, is correct. He happened to be the first guy to stumble upon. What he did doesn't affect me personally. That's not difficult to get to that place, but if, you know, in the flow of a conversation, somebody can throw out that information, it, it might shake you for a second. Uh, so it protects you from error, from people who are trying to mess with you or shake your faith. The uh, Jehovah's Witnesses at one point, <clears throat> I don't know if they still do it, but one of the main things that they did to try and shake Christians' faith was uh, in their talking points, they would tell you about uh, archaeological evidence for different cross shapes. 
So they would show you, oh, look, the cross could be an X or a single pole, and this verse does this, and this verse does that. So, you know, if, if your pastor's lying to you about just the shape of the cross, <laughs> what else is he lying to you about? Come read our Watchtower Bible. It tells all the truth. <clears throat> Damn, my throat's right out really fast. So, <clears throat> pardon me. So it protects you from error knowing the history of the Christianity, the church, all that stuff. And it's undertaught. I was in Bible college, having grown up in church, grown up in Baptist churches where they preach a lot of Bible. I was in Awanas until fifth grade. <coughs> Man. Do you know what I find interesting is I didn't read, I don't think I've ever actually read a verse out of the book of Acts until I went to a Christian church, Church of Christ Bible college. And then they were all over Acts because for them it's about immersion, baptism by immersion, which linguistically and historically is accurate to the Bible. So you can't pretend that it's not. <coughs> that's that's what the Bible talks about. It kind of assumes you know. Why else why would you wade into a river to get sprinkled? That's insane. Anyway, you uh you just don't come across the book of Acts. That's the first book of church history. Arguably the gospels are where it starts, but you know, or the, the assembly of, of God back in, in Genesis. Uh, well, Exodus initially and then earlier in Abraham. Anyway, my point is, within the Bible, after Christ, the book of Acts, that's kind of important. It's weird that it just never came up between a Baptist church and two, maybe three different non-denominational churches as I was growing up. They just never came out across the book of Acts. Wasn't a thing. Uh, even in my beginner's Bible, I remember looking at the picture for the story of Pentecost and the fire over their head. <clears throat> but I don't remember ever actually reading that story or having it read to me. Uh, there's a lot of important stuff in that book. Like the fact that Christian, the name Christian, comes from the Bible. And before that, they were called The Way. We did it first, Disney. And then you have, uh, outside of that, church history acts like blends right into a lot of church history stuff. Eusebius, I didn't even know that guy's name until about halfway through Bible college. So it's it's criminally undertaught. Uh, all right, on, moving on, moving on. So, well, it, kind of. So it's just undertaught. It helps you understand the past. Where did your denomination come from? Why is your denomination's way of looking at the Bible correct and all the other ones are wrong? which is tacitly what you're saying as you will attend that particular church. Uh, why are all the other denominations wrong? What are they wrong about? How are they wrong? I don't know. Look it up. Look up where your denomination came from. You should know that. It should have been part of your church's, you know, beginner membership class or whatever. Um, but it helps you helping... Uh, Understanding it helps you understand your past, where you came from, and that helps make sense of why a small town in Missouri might have you know 15 churches and they're all different denominations and nobody talks to each other between those churches. 
it would help make sense of your present. Knowing your past helps you make sense of your present. Um, why don't Catholics and Protestants generally get along very well? Why do Orthodox and Catholics tend to get along a lot better? Look it up. I don't know. Look at the history. Understand these things. Uh, it helps you make sense of the present. Why? Uh, no, that was it. It helps you make sense of the present. Also, it helps you understand your future a little better, because when you know where you were, it helps you understand where you're going. When you understand that open theism and the guy that's leading you that way is actually rehashing ancient Gnosticism, you go, oh, this is the same old hat. This is the same thing that used to happen. This is also matches every cult that's ever started out of a Christian denomination as meets these same patterns of a cult of personality around a guy who the, becomes the only arbiter for truth within that in-group and then tells you to forsake your out-group. If you knew history, you would be able to make better sense of your future and where you were going. Uh, but, and so then that leads back into it protects you. By knowing where you go, where you were, you understand where you are and can better protect yourself moving forward and where you're going. That's it. Church history is important. Go look up a church history thing. Find an old person's name that you remember hearing somewhere and just Google who that guy is. Who is Augustine or Origen or Irenaeus or whatever? What do those guys do? <coughs> Literally everything they ever wrote is for free on the internet somewhere. Um, ethereal Christian classic ethereal library, CCEL, is a great resource for a bunch of old stuff. Maybe John Calvin was a bad person, but you agree with what he wrote. I don't know. Have you ever read his stuff? Look him up. Look up what Martin Luther wrote and actually did. Learn these things. It, uh, it helps you. And it's not just in church history. It's in real life history, right? Very few people who are self-proclaimed communists these days even actually read the Communist Manifesto. So, you know, just knowing your history helps you know your future and makes sense of where you're at right now. So, get to it. Go learn something. Uh, that's it. Alright. Godspeed.